Thank you, Scott. Good evening, everyone. Lovely to see you all. It's very um, exciting for myself to be here tonight because personally and professionally I've had a long relationship with Sunnybank Baptist. I'm related to Pete McCullough. Whether that's a good or a bad thing, you can decide. So as a young teenager, I used to visit from Bundaberg and get involved in your sport down here, and so I've got that connection. And professionally, Sunnybank Baptist is a wonderful supporter of us at SU Queensland. I had a look just this week, and you guys have been supporting as a church financially our organisation and our local chaplain since 1993, so 29 years. So it's actually hundreds of thousands of dollars. I decided not to tell you the exact figure, because someone in the church may decide you could put that towards a better use. So I thought I won't tell you, but we really, really appreciate your support. So I'm going to quickly, just to start, tell you a little bit about our organisation in case you're new to us. We're a faith-based organisation. We've been working in Queensland for the last 90 years. And two years ago, we celebrated 150 years of working. And what we do, we work with children, young people and their families, anything that we can do to support them. Now, Ben's going to try and keep up. He is going to show a PowerPoint. So just a couple of little things on chaplaincy. I don't know. Um, we can be really relaxed tonight with a small group. But would anyone like to guess the average age of a school chaplain? Just yell it out. I'll tell Uncle Pete to provide you with a prize next week. 65. <laughs> no, we're a little bit less than that. Anyone else? Close, Scott. It's actually 43 is the average age of a school chaplain. A lot of people think they're in their early 20s, which they are, but the average age is 43. We have chaplains working in 915 school communities across Queensland and around about 2,500 working across Australia. And just in the last few months, we've become a national organisation where we've joined all the issues across Australia into one national movement. You might be wondering what chaplains do. You can have a look on the slide. There's six key areas they work in. One of the main areas is to give social and emotional support and spiritual support to kids, young people and to staff in school is so important. Who they talk to on the next slide, you can see our chaplains on average have nearly 13,000 pastoral care conversations per week across the state. It's a lot of conversations. They deal with students to give them support. They deal with staff who are doing it really tough in their families, especially in this COVID season as well. And the top five issues, if you ever wanted to have a guess, peer issues is always the number one. Bullying is up there as well. Mental health. So they're helping, helping teachers, staff and kids with all these areas. One of the biggest areas of need, you may notice this if you've got kids yourself, one of the real difficult areas at school are girls in grade five. They seem to be having a really difficult time in life and at school, so a lot of work is going into that age group. And the other area that our chaplains work in is in our programs. We do an amazing amount of programs in school, out of school and in community, in like in um, partnership with local council, community groups. We run breakfast clubs. You can see some of the figures up there as well. We run an amazing amount of breakfast clubs to support kids who don't have breakfast. The simple needs that we take for granted. And all of our schools are looking for a breakfast club because their reports have found 
that the kids who come healthy and have had breakfast learn better at school and that transcends into their, their marks. So breakfast clubs are really important. So tonight, I think you may not agree at the end, but I reckon I've got a fun sermon for you. Probably, I won't tell you how many, many years ago, because then you'll know my age, but when I was about 18, I was invited to speak at a local church. It was the first time I'd ever spoken in public. And on that very day, I made a commitment to myself that whenever I spoke, I would share a really simple, relevant message. So whether you're eight in the room or 80, there'll be something that you can learn. So we're going to hear a little bit about sports. I'm a sports fanatic, so it was easy, and I know your church has a sports background. But in 2015 and 2016, I was invited to Orlando in the States to go to a sports ministry conference. It was like the Olympic Games of sports ministry. There were 750 leaders in the room for a week, and we talked about how God is using sports to connect people to faith right across the world. And God is doing some amazing things in sport, connecting people to faith. One church in America today has 20 pastors just doing sports ministry, using sports to connect people. And we do a lot of it in SU. One of my passions is running camps involved in sport to connect kids and introduce them to Jesus. So I thought, while I have that passion... I'm going to talk to you tonight about a sport, but the part of sports that I love is the fans. And I'm going to ask you, are you a real fan? And I'm going to bring out four characteristics of a fan that follows their sporting team and then link them back to our Christian lives, those characteristics. So we should have some fun. In Australia, I don't know if you know, but over 60% of all Australians are involved in sports and fitness. That's a lot of people. Out of the 25, 26 million, 60% are those who are involved in sports. And with every sport that's played, there is fans. So Ben will show you a slide. This is the team that I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of the Gold Coast Titans. Now, there's not many around. There's probably just myself and my brother. That's about it. But we started in the NRL comp in 1988, and that's how long that I've been a fan for. And I follow them through thick and thin. My mates give it to me every time we lose a game, but I stick with their team. I am a true fan of the Titans. I have a polo that I wear regularly with the emblem on. I have a Titans teddy bear that I don't know why a 54-year-old male would have, or 53 that I am at the moment, would have on their bedside table. Fans do crazy things, aren't they? I don't know if you've ever heard of the Green Bay Packers. They're part of the NFL in America. They started in 1919. They're the only team in American sport that are community-owned. They're not owned by a billionaire or a billionaire's family. They are community-owned. And they can only sell that club if the community decides that they want to get rid of it and to sell the franchise. They are known throughout the world of having some of the most craziest fans. You can see they wear cheese on their heads at many games. If you look it up in the Green Bay area where it, their, their club is, it's a town of 107,000 people. 
in any given day when the, um, the Green Bay club is playing, the Green Bay Packers, there is 81,500 people at their ground out of a t town of 107,000 people. That is a lot of people. Forbes, who look after a lot of data, noted that Packers fans combined have 7.5 million followers on Twitter and Facebook, that club. They are richly followed by so many people. So whether they're losing or not, their fans turn up. Their, f their games are constantly sold out. I also read another story about a fan in America who follows this club. He went on a waiting list to get a membership to the Green Bay Packers in 2006. So he just, like us, thought he'd go up to the counter and ask for a membership ticket. When he got there, the young lady on the counter said to him, I'm sorry, sir, we can't give you a membership ticket. And he's like, why not? And she said to him, well, there's 73,256 people in line in front of you to get a ticket first. So you can only get a ticket to this club if someone in their family passes away and then passes it on to you. So he waited 10 years to 2018. The list had gone down from 73,256 to 60,766. He had moved up 12,500 spots. I don't think in his lifetime he's going to get a season ticket. So those fans, they're true fans. So if we think of that tonight, of a true fan, they love their team, they buy stickers, they put stickers on their car, grand final time, people paint their houses, you've seen them, you might even do things for your team. They do all kinds of crazy stuff. But in our Christian life, what is a true fan? I want you to think about that for a moment. If a true fan loves their team, and we're at the start of 2022 where a lot of us are writing out our goals and we're writing things in our diaries and New Year's resolutions. I wonder tonight, are you a real fan of Jesus? If we love our sporting team so much, I wonder tonight, do you love your God as much as people love their sporting team? It should be a no-brainer, but it's good to be reminded. Aurora read that verse tonight in Matthew 22 it says love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself so my question tonight as a group of young people and middle-aged and older people do we really love our God like fans love their team do we love sitting with God telling him how much we love and admire him, like we like talking about our sporting team. Bill Hybels, a pastor in America, talks about, and he does a great video about finding a chair in your house or beside the beach, wherever it is, and spending 15 minutes alone with God a day. And he says that that will change your life, and it is so true. But are we today as people taking that time to spend with God? Do we show our love for God by the way we, we love others? Do we, show that by our, do we show our colours by the way that we speak, our actions and our love for others? 
So tonight, a real fan of Jesus loved the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, and mind. And that's a challenge for you. The second characteristic of a real fan is they never miss a game. Real fans, like those Green Bay Packer fans, they turn up. Have you heard of the Barmy Army? They were reinforced before COVID. There's a few still around, but they turn up everywhere. They sell their houses to go on tours. The Barmy Army started in 1994, and there's stories, if you Google them, of people who literally give up their jobs, sell their house, and use that money to support their cricket team. One of the other countries that have amazing supporters is the Indian cricket team, who follow their team. I can't pronounce this guy's name very well, so bear with me, but there's a guy called Sadia Gutam, who was 32, and I'm not sure if you're old enough, but there was a cricket player, one of the best in the world, called Sachin Tendulkar. If you watch games where this guy played, there's someone in the crowd who's painted, and it says Sachin Tendulkar with Sachin's number on. He is Sachin's number one supporter, and he followed him his whole career. He's retired now. But this fan was financially supported by this cricketing great to follow him around the world. He has watched India play over more than 150 matches. And he's travelled by, by bike. This is not by car. He's done 20,000 kilometres on a push bike to go and watch Sachin play the Indian cricket team. It's mad, isn't it? The way that some people follow their team. So if fans are committed to their team, a great question for us as we start this year is, are we committed to our faith? When we write out our goals in our diary as we started this year, did we make some notes of being more and more committed to God? A few years ago, I was in Melbourne watching a, um, a T20 game. It was the Renegades versus the Hurricanes. There was 25,000 people in this stadium. There was one um, Hurricane supporter. I don't know if you watched the Big Bash, but they wear purple. This little kid would have been about 10. I don't know who he was there. I couldn't see any parents with him. He was dressed out in all Hurricane supporters' gear. The rest of the crowd of the people next to him were sledging him, making fun because his team was going down. This little boy just kept on clapping for his team. As the game went on longer and longer, the hurricane started to get in front and they were a chance to win. I actually couldn't watch the game because I was intrigued at this little boy. He started giving it back to the crowd. He clapped louder, he cheered louder, he turned around to the people drunk behind him. He would sort of, you know, shout at them and say, come on, Hurricanes. I thought he was going to get bashed up, but he didn't. The game, I remember so clearly, came down to the very last ball. And the Hurricanes had to hit it for two to win the match. The crowd were buzzing, all of these Renegade supporters dressed in red, this one little boy in a whole Hurricanes outfit. As the bowler came in, I just watched him. He, I saw him put his hands over his face. He couldn't watch. He was so nervous. Do you know what happened? The batter for the Hurricanes hits it for four. This crowd goes quiet, a game they should never have lost. This one little boy is dancing. He's cheering. I'm like, mate, you are committed. 
And I wonder today, are we committed to our team of being on Jesus' team? Are we committed to being at church each Sunday like we do when we go and follow our team? And I know that's something that all of us are probably thinking about. We may, may have got slack over this COVID season, but are we committed to being with our church family? Do we arrive early for church? Do we volunteer? Are we ready to worship? Are you tonight a fan of committing to God no matter what happens in life? You know, commitment doesn't seem to be as strong as what it used to be when I was growing up. We see people with uh, contracts at work who go, it doesn't matter, I'm out of here. We see sporting people with contracts who just go, no, I'm moving to another club. Here's a quote that I found in 2018. More than 50,000 young people are leaving the Christian faith and deciding they have no religion. A guy called Philip Hughes wrote that quote. 50,000 young people a year are leaving the Christian faith. In the 2016 census, 30% of Australians reported that they had no religion. In 1966, 50 years before the 2016 census, The figure of people who declared Christianity as their religion was 88%. In 2016, that number was 52%. It is dropping people's commitment to God. Between 2011 and the census in 2016, an additional 2.2 million people reported having no religion whatsoever. I want to ask you tonight to keep being committed to your faith being committed to God. In a world where commitment seems to have gone by the wayside, let's keep being committed to God. The third one, third characteristics, real fans endure. They like committed, but it's another great word, endure. I have a mate who has supported the Cronulla Sharks football team for 42 years. If you know Cronulla Sharks, they win nothing. They had never won a premiership to 2016 and they won the grand final. My mate was there. After all of those years, 42 years, he finally got to see his team win a grand final. That's enduring, isn't it? So tonight, are you a real fan of enduring for God? A couple of years ago, a work colleague in Canberra, her mum lost her house to a house fire. And she lost everything. And my, my friend Libby was speaking to her mum not long afterwards. And she said, Mum, what are we going to do? She said, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm still committed to my faith. I'm not going to change, even though there's hard times. God has been faithful and I'm still committed. I'm going to keep enduring with God as I go through life. And in Galatians 6 and 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for all the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. So tonight I want to encourage you, life is tough for a lot of people. Even in COVID, whether or not in COVID, it's always tough. I want to encourage you to keep enduring, to stick with God, to keep being committed and to not to give up. God is faithful and knows what we're going through. The last slide, the last characteristics to leave with you tonight of a real fan is they know their team. They know the statistics, they know the data, they know the scores. They know, my family always 
laugh at me because I can be watching something and go, oh, yeah, in 20, 20, 2011, this was the score of that game. And they're like, how do you know that? But real fans know that stuff. Recently, a mate of mine who makes his own home brew like a ginger beer had got all these old bottles. And as he was putting them together and cleaning them, he noticed on the lids, under the lids of this batch, there was all these questions about the Titans from years ago. And he said, he rang me and he said, Jeff, I know you support the Titans, but I want to see how much you really, really know them. He said, I'm going to ask you a heap of questions. He said, you will not know them. They're obscure questions, they're old. So I'm like, give it to me, Ian. Tell me the questions. Ian rattled off all these questions and I knew all the answers. And he's like, you are dead set crazy. But I'm like, mate, they are my team. I know them, I know their data, I know the statistics. So tonight, are you a fan of knowing God? Like we said before, are you committed this year to spend time with God? We are all love Facebook and Instagram, don't we? And I love it late at night looking through Instagram and sporting people. But so many times after a busy day and then as I was tired, I look at my Instagram account and read it. And at the end of 20, 30, 40 minutes of just scrolling through aimlessly, I think I could have used that time in a devotion with God. I could have used that time better. So the question tonight for you is, are you using your time to know God? Are we sitting with him, getting to know him more and more, more about his personality, more about the Bible? One of the commitments I wrote in my diary this year was to go back and read the Old Testament, read it and study it again so I get to know it again. I haven't done it for quite a while other than quickly reading it. And that's one of the goals I wrote myself this year. Let me finish with one more story. I really like stories about a 12-year-old boy called Cade Pope. He is from Oklahoma in the States. He actually wanted a football team to follow. He wanted to be a fan. So what he did, he wrote a letter and he hand wrote it and he sent it out to 32 NFL teams in America. And in his letter, he wrote this. My family and I love football. We play fantasy football and watch the games every weekend. I am ready to pick an NFL team to cheer on for a lifetime. Cade wanted to be a real fan of a team. So he thought, if I send letters out, when I get the replies, then I'll decide which team I'll be a fan of. Guess how many replies Cade got back? He got one reply. And it was from a man called Jerry Richardson, the owner of the Carolina Panthers football team. And this man, Jerry, wrote and responded with a handwritten note of his own. And it said, we would be honoured if our team became your team. We would make you proud. Richardson went on to commend some of his players and said that they could visit him. His letter was not only personal and kind-hearted, it was the only response, as I said, that Cade received. Guess which team for many years Cade has supported? The Carolina Panthers. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 8, if you want to read it later on, David spoke about his alliance to the one true God. And David said, when I'm in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. 
So tonight, our devotion to God is born from his character and his care for us. We've all got stories in our life of how God has cared for us. God is the one who answers our prayers, guides us by his spirit, and saves us through the death and resurrection of his son. I can fully endorse being a fan of God is worth it. It is worth it, no doubt at all. So as I close tonight, this is probably a little downer, but I looked up some stuff. I love looking up Google stuff. It's quite fun. There's a lot of random stuff. But I have found out tonight, here's some figures, that in 20 minutes after this sermon finishes, you will forget on average, it says, this is what Google, so it's correct, I'm sure the figures. Google told me that 40% of what you've heard, you will forget in the next 20 minutes. It's a bit of a blow, isn't it? You will forget 77%, surely some of you will be better than this, but on average, Google tells us 77% of what you've heard me say tonight, you will forget in the next six days. What's that by Saturday, isn't it? You will forget 77% of what I've told you. After one month, so when we get to February, the whatever today is, the 9th or something, February the 9th, Google tells us that you, on average, will have forgotten 90% of what I've shared tonight. So I'm really glad I've come and shared some stuff with you. So Google tells me that you will remember, on average, 10% of what I've told you tonight. So to make sure you remember the 10%, I just want to go back over those four characteristics of a fan. Real fans love their team. Real fans of God love God. And just a side comment, if you want to become a Titans fan, just let me know. I'd love you to join me. But I want you tonight to love God, to actually in 2020, to really love God. Real fans are committed. And I want you to think about this week, as most of us may go back to work or we get back into the year, are you committed to God? Are you really committed to God and your faith? And whatever that means we have to do, we might have to change and make some sacrifices. The third characteristics was real fans endure. Many of us in around our society might be thinking this year is, I'm going to give up. I'm not sure God hasn't answered a lot of my prayers the last 12 months. Things seem tough at church. I'm not getting involved. It's all just too hard. I'm just going to give it away. I want to remind you and encourage you to keep enduring. Stay with God. Stick with him. And real fans know their team. So I want to encourage you this year in 2022 to make some goals of maybe closing down your Instagram account, maybe not looking at Facebook, but to spend time with God again. Get to know him. Get to know his word. And I just want to leave you with this word. Jesus Christ deserves our lifelong loyalty and he deserves us to be real fans. Can I encourage you today to live out your life as a real fan of Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you that we can meet tonight. We thank you for the joys in life that we get of following sporting teams and to be fans. But Lord, in 2022, we want to become even greater fans of you. Lord, to know you better, to know what you live for, to know more about you, to know about the characteristics that you have. 
Lord, thanks for loving us. Help us to be more committed. Help us to endure those days where we feel like giving up. The days when we just wonder if it is worth it going to church or going to the home group. Help us to be committed and to make the effort for you. So, Lord, tonight, thank you that you love us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for all of those things that you do for us. We appreciate you. Amen.